0: Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives, with new episodes airing every Tuesday. I'm Jay Asser, Editor for Health Leaders. Today, I'm joined by Steven Ensley, National Vice President of Workforce Solutions at AMN Healthcare, for a chat on the healthcare workforce ecosystem. Steven, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Jay, happy to be here. Great, so let's just jump into it. First off, I know we've spoken before in a three-part interview series, in that first part, which listeners can check out on our website, there was a lot of mention on data. What are some of the critical processes and data points that providers should be looking at to create an agile enterprise workforce strategy?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I've, I've had the privilege to work with hundreds of healthcare executives here in the last 12 months. One of the most common issues that I find is that their data is siloed and interpreted through a multitude of systems. Uh, there is seldom a systematic view and actionable decision making that they have in three are three major areas in which they engage labor, which is their core, their flexible, and their external resources. As our clinicians seek more and more flexibility, we find it inc- incredibly important for our clients to ensure that executives align with understanding the balance of those three labor categories that can be achieved through a, a collaborative approach in both productivity and productivity standards. In our experience working with healthcare providers, we have found that 90% of healthcare grids are not productive and therefore setting up that clinical workforce on a foundation that is built to not only potentially underachieve, but even worse, fail. And in our most successful partnerships, we have finance leaders and clinical leaders at the table together, ensuring that the productivity measures work in unison with both financial outcomes while ensuring the highest quality of patient care. And this seems like an easy fix, but it can be incredibly difficult for providers to keep a pulse on these initiatives and, data, and the data and that is because every executive knows that there's a new project, a new initiative, and or burning platform that requires some focus and resources. Without a dedicated team continually to focus on the data to ensure that flexible workforce is operating effectively, they find themselves going back to old habits and ultimately reverting back to some of the previous uh, workforces, workforce methodologies that they had in the, in the pre-pandemic
0: stage. You've provided us with some of the key data points that are needed to create an agile workforce. And as we know, data is great to have, but sometimes hard to act on. What recommendations would you make to health systems and how to approach building this agile workforce? Yeah,
1: building off kind of that last answer and going back to that first article uh, that we had, it's looking at that creation of the center of excellence. Um, In most cases, the workforce is about 60% of the healthcare systems cost, and it is also their most important resource a resource that important does deserve a team that is dedicated to not only on the effectiveness of the operations but the satisfaction of the employees as well this is typically a team that is governed by executives from multiple departments and executed by personnel and workforce strategy data and analytics operations and talent management with a sole focus on workforce optimization the team would not only deploy flexible resources but also track and trend against the core and contingency targets and assist managers in creating more accurate schedules I can share that our team here at AMN has been working with providers for more than two decades. And one thing that we are finding is that 80% of the overall cost savings opportunity in workforce is simply in building a better initial schedule that aligns with the forecasted demand. And as you know, when you think about agility, you need to have really good scheduling and really good flexibility for the workforce that you have in place. In addition to scheduling, we did find that, you know, during the pandemic we had many providers who were trying to scramble to reskill their staff so that they could support other units if their unit was shut down an example being the OR when surgeries were shut down where do we how can we use those nurses to redeploy I think that if we create an agile workforce we need to consider maximizing the clinicians we have in place cross training them where it is permissible and allows us to optimize those resources and we do have to ensure that the satisfaction to staff to our staff is imperative not only for the financial accountability, but for the retention of our staff as well. And
0: how do you see technology in the future supplementing the clinical workforce? Yeah, I think technology
1: is one of our biggest wild cards for the healthcare workforce of the future. Um, Pre-pandemic, there was always a little bit of a concern on how we implement technology as part of the care plan, because if we have too much of it, we risk losing the compassion of the bedside care. I think there has to be a really good level of technology as part of the future, given the given the shortages we're facing. Um, areas I believe we need to become workforce masters include AI, robotics and autom- automation, and telemedicine and virtual care. When you think about AI, um, I sat next to an OBGYN on a flight while traveling to meet a client and asked her what her biggest pain points were. And she had shared she spent two hours the night prior answering questions from her patients. And it was, sim- it was as simple as, what room do I show up to? If we look at creating chatbots or other AI functions that can help alleviate those administrative functions from our both physicians and or nurses or clinicians, it can not only help relieve the administrative burden, but can also reduce the burnout. When you think about the uh, second component, which is robotics and automation, we have seen this already a little bit in process today, but I do think there's still a lot more to move forward to. You know, when you pair ro- robotics and AI together, and you think about things like uh, surgeries, we have an opportunity in which you could use, you know, robotics for maybe some of those less invasive surgeries, which is helps reduce, which could reduce the risk of human error, and and also give the opportunity to have uh, the surgeons work on those more complex surgeries and not hopefully be too overburdened in the day to day of what's going on within the OR and finally virtual care is something we saw boom in the pandemic it's clear that there's no going back um, we've been for, we've had a lot of forward thinking providers implement virtual nursing and the ability to monitor patients remotely through both through remote monitoring devices uh, we at AMN actually do have this built into our telehealth platform today and it's something that we are seeing very highly successful especially in that post acute patient setting
0: And the workforce strategy for health systems has a number of different considerations when looking at what they insource to what they outsource. You've talked about technology, clinical quality and care, and talent acquisition. How do health system providers make sense of this when considering this decision?
1: Yeah, there's no shortage of problems in workforce to solve for within the healthcare ecosystem today. Um, And while solving them on your own is always the natural and first reaction, Um, no matter what industry, and that is what usually the preferred method is, there is reason for, you know, providers to be looking at partners to support them. The three things I would say that are most important for providers to consider is, first, what are their core competencies? Healthcare providers need to identify their core competencies and the areas in which they excel and have unique expertise. And these are typically the services or functions that contribute directly to their mission, vision, values, and strategic goals. And healthcare systems often prefer to insource core competencies to remain in control and ensure quality and preserve their competitive advantage. Second is cost and efficiency. Cost is a significant factor in the decision making process. Providers must evaluate the cost effectiveness of insourcing versus outsourcing. They need to consider factors such as labor costs, infrastructure investments, operational expenses, and economies of scale in some cases outsourcing specific functions to specialized vendors or service providers may offer cost savings and and efficiency improvements and are is a good option for those to consider if they are looking at something externally uh, sourced third you have capacity and scalability providers also need to evaluate their current capacity and scalability needs as you heard me kind of mention earlier you always get brought into the new initiatives coming in so if you're looking to invest in something and do it yourself do you have the capacity and the ability to scale if there are temporary spikes in demand or need for rapid extension outsourcing functions can provide flexibility and scalability without incurring fixed costs and insourcing may be preferred for functions that require close integration with core operations in which
0: there is a need for greater control over resources and finally, before I let you go, I want to ask you, what are a few ways healthcare organizations create revenue and increase operating margins?
1: Yeah, I think the common theme throughout this series really is workforce productivity. That's probably the number one thing. If you think about earlier, the 60% of the workforce or 60% of the operating um, cost to a provider is within the workforce, productivity is going to be key. You have to be able to ensure that you're maximizing the productivity of your healthcare workers and it's essential for efficient operations. This can be achieved by optimizing scheduling practices, ensuring appropriate staffing levels, and reducing idle time between patient encounters. That's one of the main areas I would say that they could the biggest win probably within the the quickest win for them is making sure they maximize their staff um, but there are other areas I think that they could also be looking at inclusive of revenue cycle management and you know ensuring that healthcare professionals on their staff know the importance of both the accuracy of their billing as well as the redu- in reducing billing areas and maximizing their their revenue capture. And then I would finally say the last component of, of easy, way, or air, not easy, but areas in which they can increase operating margins is training and professional development. As you kind of heard me say earlier, investing in training and professional development for programs in the current workforce can enhance skills and expertise beyond just the product and, and maximize that productivity, as mentioned earlier. This can lead, also lead to improved patient outcomes, higher patient satisfaction, and again, increase revenue. I would say that for over 40 years we at AMN have helped clients holistically plan, acquire, and engage the full spectrum and sources of talent from clinical to leadership to drive improved efficiency, better patient experience, innovative care models, workforce engagement, and retention. If we put our clients first, regardless of who it is, but here at AMN we want to put our clients first, and we're able to create solutions to ensure financial stability, workforce flexibility, and smarter operations using the latest tech and analytics solution.
0: Well, Stephen you've provided us some great insight today. I appreciate you joining us on the podcast. It's been great speaking with you. Thank you so much, Jay. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.